God is good. Hallelujah. Um, we're going to go to 1 Kings this year, or this year, this service. Maybe when I'm done, you'll think, man, it's been a year. No. 1 Kings, hallelujah. We're going to go chapter 17, please. Talk about a man named Elijah. Hallelujah today. And we have um, over the, well, for a little while here, been ministering, talking about our, some of our patriarchs of faith and just taking the time to go through the stories. The Word says that these things have been recorded for you or me as examples to us. Everybody say examples. You know, types and shadows, the Scripture also says. Amen. Things to glean and learn from. Things that you can take glimpses of things and learn from it. Praise God. And it says it's written and recorded for our admonition or instruction, teaching. Amen. So we can learn and glean. Now, the Scripture also tells us, amen, that everything that you read in the Old Covenant, um, there's a veil. In the reading of the Old Testament, there's a veil that lies over the face of those that do that. And it says, but the veil's taken away in Christ. So what that means is, in fact, that whole their text, and that's in uh, 2 Corinthians 3 is where you read all that. Uh, what it talks about there is that, that you've got to take everything you read in the Old Covenant in the light of the New Covenant. Amen. Based on what Christ has done. Right? So we go in and we learn, we glean, we learn what we can, we glean what we can. But at the same time, we always keep in mind that we're not Old Covenant believers. We're New Covenant believers. That doesn't reject the Old Covenant. It doesn't, you know... Uh, throw away the old covenant, just says, praise God, keep everything in check. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. Are you with me? And that's, it's a must. I mean, you always have to keep that in mind. So we have, uh, you know, I take a little time to say those things because we have spent the last, basically the last two months, uh, primarily diving into the old covenant, trying to bring out some of the stories and things uh, that we've, you know, maybe heard over the years uh, you know, of our patriarchs of faith. And I think one of the main reasons I, I started doing this and praying about this is because I started hearing so much anymore uh, people don't have a clue about some of the stories anymore. Less and less people that have any awareness about stuff like David and, and stuff about, you know, Abraham and Moses and, and uh, today, of course, talking about Elijah. And sometimes you might hear a little story, something brought up. And many times I've been guilty of it myself where I've, you know, you're ministering something. And so you may, you may, you know, in passing mention something about one of your patriarchs of faith and just kind of mention something in passing, something that happened or done and then moved on, you know, really thinking that everybody, you know, is aware of that or knows that. And I've come to find out you can't assume anything. And uh, so we've, you know, really in our heart have taken then, each week, you know, one of our patriarchs of faith and begin to just kind of dive into what the Word has to say. So there's a little bit more reading we've been doing, but I think it's been all right. Hallelujah. I, I, I said it's, I think it's been all right. I think it's been all right. You know, so uh, we're going to talk about Elijah. Now, I'll tell you what, um, do this for me, Kelly. Put, uh, put Proverbs 3 up real quick, and then we'll, we'll jump back into 1 Kings. Uh, Proverbs 3, everybody remember this verse? Most of you got like either a picture or a plaque or some kind of thing that might have it on there. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, and it says, Trust in the Lord uh, with just a piece of your heart. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong translation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now, why would it say lean not on your own understanding? 
because there's a good chance that you, you might be doing that, you know? So that's why you're not going to lean on, uh, lean, it says to lean not on your own understanding. Now, the word trust is a word of, refers to confidence in, reliance upon, expectation, faith. Really, the word trust in a lot of ways is the, the, the Hebrew word, we could say the Old Testament word for the New Testament word faith in a lot of ways, or pretty much the same definition. And it refers to, you know, a confidence and a reliance upon or a dependence upon. Amen. Now, this word lean is also talking about a reliance. Okay? It's a, it's a different Hebrew word, but it, it's, it, part of that synonym of that word is also referring to relying upon. Okay? To lean on, to literally, uh, to, to kind of prop yourself up. It means that you're kind of putting your weight on on what it's discussing or talking about. In this text, it's talking about your own understanding, okay, your own perception, your own viewpoint. Because we all have a view, we all have opinions, we all have, you know, a, a perception of things. But if it don't line up with the book, come on, then we got a problem here. So he says, we're called to trust in the Lord, so if, if you're leaning on your own understanding now is interfering, and it can interfere with your trust in the Lord, we got a problem. Is anybody hearing me? Now, the reason I'm using this today is because Elijah brings, you know, he, he's a good example of somebody uh, that shows the importance and the fruit of trusting in God and shows us the results or the fruit of not trusting in God. Can I hear an amen? amen? So it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. Verse 6, please. In all your ways, in other words, you know, your, your mode of operation, your way of living, your life, okay, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. In other words, talking about the Lord. And it says, then He shall direct your path. Now this word acknowledgement, I'm going to bring it up because uh, this, is, this is probably going to come up here before we're too far uh, into this. But the word here, acknowledgement, means recognition and also authorization. Okay, now it also has some more things, but I think for what we're going to talk about today, recognition, we're talking about acknowledging Him means taking the time, amen, to acknowledge Him. Are you hearing me? So you've got to take the time to acknowledge God. You just go along with your life, and a lot of, most people, most Christians now, I'm not talking about the world, I'm talking about Christians, most Christians never take the time to acknowledge God. They just go about their life. They're creatures of habit. They get up. They do whatever. They might acknowledge Him on Sunday morning. Come on. They maybe might acknowledge Him maybe when they sit down to eat and somebody says, let's pray over the Word, and they go, okay. But even at that, it might just be one of those speed prayers. Rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay, Jesus. Right? Come on. Are you hearing me? And so it becomes this quick you know, thing that really, you're not stopping to really acknowledge Him. See, it, 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 it's, it's a recognition of Him and, as I said, the other word there is authorization. So in other words, I'm now, I'm recognizing Him and at the same time giving Him authorization to lead me. And it says then your steps will be uh, directed. Come on, your paths or your steps, that word means steps. Okay, so your steps then will be directed. And that word directed there means to make smooth, straight, right, prosperous, pleasant, whatever. So it's obviously a good word. 
But it's talking about then he begins to adjust how you make your steps so that you're on the right road. I said, so you're on the right road. See, if, see now listen, if, uh, if you're not having your steps directed, it's probably because you're not acknowledging him. And if you're not acknowledging him, chances are, back up to verse 5, chances are you're leaning on your own understanding instead of trusting in him. There's a good chance of it. See, if we're going to trust in the Lord, it means we're not going to lean on our own understanding, which means then, praise God, hallelujah, we're going to now start acknowledging him, hallelujah, and letting him lead. Am I boring you? This all comes into, this comes into play here with Elijah and many other uh, of uh, God's uh, patriarchs of faith. Amen. So back now to 1 Kings. We're going to be talking more about Proverbs uh, 3 here in a bit too again. But uh, uh, 1 Kings 17. Thank you for letting me kind of go there for a minute. All right. So verse 1 of chapter 17. We have Elijah the Tishbite. Look at your neighbor and say, what's a Tishbite? All right. Well, it's from uh, Tishbe is, is where he's from, so which means that's why he's a Tishbite. But a word means recourse, refuge, or shelter. It literally means a person or a thing to solve a problem or a need. Okay, so he's, he is there, amen, to solve a problem or to meet a need. He's being used by God, amen, to do that. So that's just kind of interesting when you start looking up some of these words. But Elijah the Tishbite, from Tishbe of the inhabitants of Gilead, so the region of Gilead here. And he said to Ahab, King Ahab, all right, as the Lord God of Israel lives, okay? Obviously, he's been sent by God uh, to go do this, okay? We know that because if you get a little further in the, in the story, you get into the next chapter and where he's led by God now to go back to uh, Ahab and begin to, uh, you know, reverse what's happening here, all right? So he was led by God. And that's why he said, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. In other words, I'm the prophet. I'm stepped in. God's led me to do this. I make the declaration and just know this until I come back and say something otherwise, there'll be no rain. Now, if we, most of us, if you know the story enough to know, there was no rain for three and a half years. So you can imagine by the end of three and a half years, okay, they're, they're wanting to find this guy Elijah and do him some harm. But anyway, so he says there'll be no, no rain. No, it says, I stand, therefore shall, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Now, he makes it these years. So he even knew at this time, this is going to be a little while. Are you still with me? So verse 2 then, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him. Everybody say, the word of the Lord. Now, obviously, he's in a position here. Most would say, well, he's a prophet. He should be. Well, you know, you're a child of God, and you're called to hear from heaven. The word says his sheep know his voice. His sheep hear his voice. His sheep follow his voice. And there are times God's talking to you. This is what we can glean out of this. Amen. That the same God that's talking to Elijah is the same God that wants to guide you, direct you, and lead you day in and day out. Thank you for all that energy there. Are you with me? All right. So then the word of the Lord came to, to Elijah, amen, saying, get away from here. All right. So it's pretty simple here. Now, Probably, I guess, I don't know, maybe a couple months back or so, I did a midweek on some things talking about 
the importance of just simple obedience. And I might have used this, uh, took a part of this story and used it because when you really stop and you look at it with what he did with the prophet and what he does to you and me every day, it's usually just simple instructions. It's never super complicated. It's always something usually simple. It's just, can he get his people to follow when he leads? If God said, wear red socks, put on the red socks. Somebody said, oh, that's weird. Well, it might be, but what if you go to work and the guy that works across from you, this is what the Spirit of God told me one time, so I'm, I'm just telling you what he told me one time. He said, what if that guy across from you, what if he came to me and he said, God, I'll, go, I'll come to you if you make Jerry wear red socks to work today. Thinking, yeah, that'll never happen. And all of a sudden, Jerry shows up with red socks. I don't have them on today, but anyway, he didn't tell me to wear them today. I probably should have. That would work great, wouldn't it? But anyway, amen. Well, then, see, you have no idea what's going on. Okay, you don't know what's happening, amen, on the other side of your workstation, but that individual is communicating with God, and here it is. Now, God's going to use you, amen, right? Sometimes you have no idea what's all going on. All you know is you got a simple instruction, do this. But if we lean on our own understanding, it'll hang you up because that's stupid. Why would I wear red socks? Now, if you have red socks on, no offense. But you're thinking, why would I do that? But see, if you lean on your own understanding instead of trust in the Lord, come on. So you might miss out on a lot of things. I've had a lot of people say over the years, how come there ain't signs and wonders and miracles like there, like there used to be? I'll tell you why, because most people don't follow God. Jesus made it real clear. He said, I don't do anything unless I hear the Father say it. Or I see it by the Spirit. Amen. So if I see it, I'll do it. If I hear it, I say it. Do anybody think Jesus had a pretty good ministry? Do you think his ministry was successful? Amen. And a lot of people want to say, well, that's because he was the Son of God. Yeah, but 84 times in the Gospels alone, he refers to himself as the Son of Man. Now, we all know he was the Son of God. In fact, the demons figured it out before most of the church did. But anyway, the point is this. He came and walked it as a man. Amen. So he knew, I can do nothing of myself. This is what Jesus said. I can do nothing of myself. But as I hear, I say. And as I see, I do. So he understood that. All right. Now, Elijah, same thing, no different. If you're going to move along and do something and see something happen, you're going to have to be attentive. You're going to have to let him lead your steps. So that means you're going to have to then acknowledge him on a consistent basis, which means you can't lean on your own understanding, but you have to be one that trusts in the one leading. Am I boring you? All right. So... Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, okay, because there's going to be people hunting you down, which flows by or into the Jordan, okay? So let's go, keep going here. And, uh, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook that I have command, and I have commanded the ravens, the ravens, right? The ravens to feed you there. Everybody say there. Years ago, one of the old 
Pentecostal preachers did a, a message on a place called there. And he used this text. Amen. And he's talking about the importance of being led and following God. Amen. And so he, God always said, go there. Leave here. Go there. Then pretty soon he goes, leave here. Go there. All right? So there ain't nothing complicated about it. I just got to get you to do it. Okay? Now, if you're going to lean on your own understanding, there ain't no way you're going to say when he said, the ravens are going to feed you there. Does anybody know what a raven is? It's not just a football team. All right? All right. Now, a raven is, is named for uh, pilfering. Okay? It, it goes, it's, it always is, it steals stuff, eats stuff off the road. Come on. It, it, it doesn't take something to somebody else and hand it over to somebody else. Are you with me? So he said, I'm going to have, not only are you going to have the brook there to drink from, but I'm going to have ravens there to feed you. Okay, so you, you can't be leaning on your own understanding and do that. Is anybody hearing me? Now, remember, one of the things that comes out of the word trust, I'm going to toss this out here right here, but it means a confident belief or expectation in. Now, that's what you're going to see here. When the boy is trusting God, he gets pretty confident. But when he loses that, he's not so confident. Okay, hang on to that. All right. So he says, go there. Amen. So he went. Everybody say he went. Verse 5. Everybody say he went. How many know it's a good thing? He was obedient to it. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. That, that's, that's key, right? According to the word of the Lord. Everybody say according to the word of the Lord. Now, as you get into this, this all starts making sense. Okay. For he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, okay, which flows into the Jordan, just like he said. And the ravens, sure enough, brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he, and he continued then to drink from the brook. So everybody say morning and evening. Morning. Ravens brought him bread and meat. So I don't know, maybe he swooped in, stole it off uh, you know, King Ahab's table. Brought him bacon. Well, probably not bacon. Um, that's what I would have wanted him to bring. Bring me bacon, you know. But, but, uh, but anyway, I'm sure, you know, brought him meat and bread. You know, so somebody had to cook the bread. Somebody had probably had to, you know, cook the meat maybe. I don't, you know, I'm just saying. Okay, unless maybe he had, I don't know. But anyway, the point is, okay, Ravens brought this. So they're getting it from somewhere, swooping in, dropping it off so the prophet of God can eat in the morning and in the evening. Everybody say, trust in the Lord. All right, you still with me? All right, so, and it happened. Everybody say, and it happened. It always happens. <laughs> There's always something going to happen, something that shifts, something that changes, something that goes on, right? Come on. Well, I like this, just sitting around, you know, you know sitting on a lawn chair, sipping Perrier and eating the bread and the meat that the ravens bring me, and all of a sudden now it's like, well, uh, what do you mean it changes? How come? Well, it happened. After a while, well, duh, the brook dries up. Why? Because there had been no rain in the land. So now what do we do? Well, something's changed, okay? Then, verse 8, the word of the Lord came to him. Everybody say, word of the Lord. Everybody say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Okay, so another word comes to him. Amen. He says, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, or in a suburb of Sidon here. And dwell there. Everybody say there. So now I want you to go from here and go to there. Okay. All right. And he said, here, look at this. And I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, she doesn't know it yet. That, that at least we don't, when you get in the story, it doesn't seem like 
you know, she knew anything about it. But somewhere along the line, okay, uh, God said, okay, I got the right person that's going to take care of this need. Are you with me? So there's a widow woman there to provide for you. So he arose and went. Everybody say trust. So he arose and he went to Zarephath, or Zarephath, right? And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And, and as uh, she was going to, to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. She says, get behind me, Satan. No. Anyway. You mean order me around, mister? Who are you? So he said, he said, as the Lord your God lives. Now listen, as the Lord your God lives, I do not, uh, or she said, pardon me, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and, and my son, myself and my son, that we may eat, eat it and die. Sounds like a ball of fun there. Amen. Right? Come on. Now, um, you know, just something to keep in mind here. Um, if you kind of back up in here, uh, she says, and see. Everybody say see. Okay, see, it's a word here that refers to, which is going to come up again here coming up. But it's, it's a word that's referring to a perspective, a viewpoint. See, this is her viewpoint, her perspective at the moment. Are you with me? Okay, this is her perspective that, that I'm just gathering a few more sticks. I'm going to make another fire. I'm going to make me a, a little morsel here that we have left. And basically, we're going to starve to death. Okay, that's her, that's her perspective. Okay. All right. And Elijah said to her, verse 13, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. <laughs> <laughs> you go make yourself a cake, whatever, but you're making me one first. Come on, right? And bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. Everyone, everybody say a word from God. Okay, everybody say trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Because God's leading you to something. You think, see, see, her perspective was, dude, that's all I got. Well, obviously it isn't. Okay, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth, which means three and a half years. Hmm. So she went away and did according to the, the, the word of Elijah. Everybody say, praise the Lord. All right, so she believed it, obviously, and went and did, all right? Now, who knows? Maybe she grumbled as she went, but chances are she probably did or it might have messed it up. I don't know, but the bottom line is she went and did it. Okay, so she did, and her, her and her household ate uh, for many days, all right? The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Everybody say, trust in the Lord. Okay, now that didn't, didn't, now it wasn't too long. There's a little bit of story that goes on from here. And uh, all of a sudden, her son, there's a situation that happened. Now, you have to understand, there's, there's in this particular uh, chapter, basically, yeah, in this chapter is three and a half years in this chapter. 
So we don't know the time frame. We don't know how long he'd been living there, staying there, amen, how long he'd been feeding uh, with her off that, uh, that bin of flour and that jar of oil. Come on, somebody. But obviously it was enough to keep them all going, but something happened. Some, the word says that the boy, her boy, became severely ill, sick, to the point that he died. Amen. There's a whole little, little thing that goes on there, but the word uh, is very, uh, very uh, um, you know, straightforward, the fact that Elijah then goes, takes care of it, praise God, she wants him to, you know, heal my boy. <laughs> so, he, okay, he goes, amen, gets a word from God, does what he's supposed to, the boy gets raised from the dead. They would say, praise the Lord. Say, trust in God. Okay, now I'm, I'm trying to move on. So there's a reason I'm kind of skipping a little bit here. Verse, uh, chapter 18, verse 1. Then it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Ever say the word of the Lord? Ever say the word of the Lord? Ever say trust in the Lord? All right. So the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. So obviously now we're already three years later plus, three years plus, come on, saying, go present yourself to Ahab again, right? And I will send rain on the earth. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab, and there was a severe famine in, in Samaria. Well, duh, right? Come on, no rain. So now he's got to go back to, to Ahab, okay? Then there's a little talk here about Obadiah. We're going to kind of skip and pick up again with the story. Verse 17, and then it happened. Everybody say, then it happened. All right. When Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? And so Elijah answers back, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. In other words, uh, demonic gods. Now therefore send and gather all Israel to me. Everybody say confidence. Everybody say trust in the Lord. He's obviously trusting God because he's pretty confident right now. Come on. Now he's talking to King Ahab. He said, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel. And uh, the four, look at this, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, okay, which actually... Uh, your cross-reference will say like a, a Canaanite goddess, okay? But it's, it's, it's uh, they, they all, these 400 eat at, the, at Jezebel's table, which is uh, Queen Jezebel, okay? Which most know that as not necessarily a good individual. So you got Ahab and Jezebel, okay? So you got 450 prophets of Baal, all right? And you have these 400, okay, that, uh, that eat at Jezebel's table, okay? That bow down uh, to Asherah, I guess that's how it's pronounced, I believe. So anyway, the point is this, okay? We got all these other so-called prophets, okay? Hello, somebody. And obviously, uh, Mr. Confident here, all right, is ready to take, do some battle. Anybody with me? So here we go. So let's go to verse 20 now. It says, so Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel, okay? And Elijah came to all the people and said, Okay, everybody say, trust in the Lord. You better be trusting in God. You're going to do this kind of thing. Come on, somebody, right? Come on, which means he's obviously not leaning on his own understanding here. He said, how long will you falter between two opinions? Hallelujah. Maybe you've heard that phrase before, right? Well, sometimes that's, that's, it's a good, a good question to ask. How long are you going to bounce around back and forth? When are you going to get real for God? 
Come on, somebody. Huh? Why are you faltering between two, two opinions here? Okay? And if the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. But the people answered him not a word. They didn't want to say one thing to this guy. Well, well, you stop and you think about it. Who's the guy they're all that's talking right now? Is the guy that basically came in and said, It will not rain till I say so. All right? So we have ha- haven't had rain for over three years because of this guy that's talking to us right now. So he's got their undivided attention. Are you with me? All right. All right. So Elijah said to the the people, uh, verse 22 here, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, okay? And Baal's prophets are 450 men. In other words, it's one against 450 prophets of Baal. That's what he's bringing out. Therefore, now I'm not sure about the other 400 yet, okay? We'll maybe pick up with them here in a bit, okay? Because Miss Jezebel gets a little mad about some things. And um, I have the feeling she lost some of her people. Just saying. Anyway, moving along here. So he said, I'm, I'm alone and left here, amen, except for these 450. Therefore, verse 23, uh, let them give, give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves. Now, these prophets, they take one bull, they cut it in pieces. In other words, they're going to lay it on the wood. They're going to all offer it up as a, as a sacrifice here. Cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on wood, uh, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God, amen, who answers by fire, he's God. And so all the people answered and said, well, it, it, that's cool. Okay, we could, yeah, we, that's cool. We'll, we'll, we'd like to see that happen, right? Come on, it sounds like this, this could be a cool thing. All right. Now, Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, uh, see, am I in the right one? Did I skip a verse? Okay. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bowl for yourselves and prepare it first, for you, uh, for you are many, and call on the name of your God and put, put no fire in it. So they took the bowl which was given to them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal. Okay, so they're calling on uh, demonic spirits here. From morning till, uh, till uh, even till noon, saying, uh, O Baal, hear us. Uh, but there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. That means they leaped and danced and all that kind of doing all, you know, doing their little ritual thing or whatever. And so it was at noon that Elijah then began to mock them. Everybody say confident. Everybody say trust in the Lord. <laughs> okay. Not only we got us uh, quite of a, uh, you know, uh, a deal going on here. I mean, he's, he's, he's just had a little salt to the injury. Come on, somebody. And kind of messing with him a little bit. All right. He says, uh, so he started mocking me, crying aloud. He, or he said, cry aloud, uh, for, he, for he, uh, he is a God. Either he's meditating, and, and one of your, if you kind of study it out, it literally means he might be on the, on the toilet. <laughs> Serious. Okay, maybe he's on the toilet, uh, or, or he's just busy. Or maybe he's on a long journey. That, that could be. He's just on a journey, so keep yelling louder, right? Or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they crowd louder. Come on. And they begin then to cut themselves as their custom was with knives and lances until blood began to gush out on them, all right, thinking that's, that's going to call out their God. And when midday was passed, they proph- uh, prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. 
Then Elijah said to all the people, why don't y'all, y'all come a little closer, come near. So all the people came near to him, right? They're now, they're, okay, okay, what are we going to see here? And he prepared the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, of course, 12, 12 sons, to whom the word of the Lord, <clears throat> pardon me, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench. Everybody say a trench. Okay, he's, again, he's just going overboard here. Made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two uh, seas of, of seed, and he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, laid it on the wood, and he said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Okay, so they did that. He said, well, do it a second time. So they did it a second time. Do it a third time. So they did it a third time. So that water's running everywhere. All right, all around the altar, so much that it even fill up the trench that's around it with water. In other words, we're going to make this look as impossible as we can. Everybody say, trust in the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, don't lean on your own understanding. You're going to do that, we're going to, we're going to have trouble, Bubba. Right? So you're going to have to, you know, so obviously he knows, and in fact, later on it even says, that he did all of these things on, at his word, at God's word. So God had already told him to do it like this way, all right? Okay, where are we at? 36, thank you. And it came to pass at, at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the, uh, the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. In other words, God instructed him what to do. Everybody say, trust in the Lord. Are you getting the point? You got to trust in him. If you acknowledge, amen. So if you're recognizing him, amen, and authorizing him to lead you, then he leads your steps right, things work out right. But in order for that to happen, you can't be leaning on your own. You can't be putting all your weight on your own understanding because it's going to get you in trouble. See, there's a way that seems right, but it isn't. It said it leads down a road of death, ruin, destruction. Literally means the place of Hades, which means hell on earth. Well, it seemed right, but it wasn't right. But it seemed right. But it wasn't right. But it seemed right. Well, how's that working out for you? Okay. So, now where am I at, Rick? Thank you. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up all the water that, it was, that was in the trench. Now, when all the people saw it, they said, ah, that was, that was yeah, nothing. They fell on their faces. Well, wouldn't you think it? Probably wise. Come on. So they all hit the dirt. Come on. And they said, the Lord, he is God. 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 Yes. Did you get? That's right. It wasn't like they were like, oh, God, oh, God. No, like the Lord, he's God. The Lord, he's God. Okay, okay, we know, we know. He's God, he's God, he's God. Okay, we know it now. He's God. 
Your God's God. He's God. He's it, man. He's it. He's the man. 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 Okay. So Elijah, everybody say, Mr. Confident. Hallelujah. Everybody say, trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Elijah said, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. And everybody jumped on board. He the man, he the man, he the man. So they got a hold of the, the prophets, right? They seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook, uh, Kishon there, and he executed them there. I think there's a little bit of blood spilled. What do you think? Somebody says, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, listen, remember, types and shadows. See, if you don't deal with the enemy, the enemy keeps coming and stealing, killing, and destroying. So if you don't eliminate it, come on. You just say, okay, King's X, okay. We see now. Okay, let's just go about life as usual, and everything will be fine. Nope, about three days into it, we're going to have everything flipping again. Come on, somebody. Got to take care of business. Come on, somebody. All right, so anyway, uh, Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Everybody say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. So Ahab went up uh, to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and there he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. So he's praying here and said, uh, and said to his servant, and there was a guy who was with him, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and he looked and he said, there is nothing. He said, so seven times he did that again. He went down, prayed again. He went back out. He said, go look again. So he went and looked. He said, nothing. Go look again. Uh, nothing. And finally on the seventh time, hey, 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 there, I see something. And it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there's a cloud as, a, as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and, and go down before the, before the rain stops you. In other words, everybody say confidence. Everybody say trust in God. Because he could have said, you know, after the third time, he could have said, oh, heck. What the heck? God, why are you doing this to me? What's the problem? He said rain was coming. What the heck? What you? Oh, man, I, I put myself out there. Now I'm embarrassing myself. Okay, go, go try it one more time. Oh, fourth time. Oh, God. Let me say trust in God. You can't be moved by what you think. You can't lean on your own understanding. So he said, go do it again. Go do it again. Go do it again. Finally, the seventh time, praise God, they see something, right? Come on. Now he said, hey, take off, because here it comes, man. All right. Now it happened. In the meantime, that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to uh, Jezreel, and then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of, of Jezreel. Okay, so in other words, he outran the chariot. Right? Come on. Dude, she got it. I thought, man, I really dated myself. 
All right. Anyway, praise the Lord. So he takes off. He beats him, right? But now, everybody say, trust in the Lord. Oh, so we got through chapter 18. But then we got chapter 19. Verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel, oh, Jezebel. That Jezebel. Let's see. What you have here is a demonic-inspired annoyance called Jezebel. So Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah did and how he executed all the prophets with the sword. Ever say all the prophets? Now, I'm not really totally sure here. I'm assuming it was the 450, but there was these other 400 in there somewhere. So maybe they just got busy and took out 800. We don't totally know. Come on. Because when it says, seize all the prophets, they did. All right, here it says, kill, he executed all the prophets. So I don't know. Your guess, my guess. All I know is Jezebel wasn't happy. And four of those were ones that she leaned on. They even ate at her table. Come on, somebody. So uh, I don't know, maybe took away all her friends. I don't know. Who knows? But Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah. Everybody say a messenger. She didn't even go herself. She sent a messenger. So let the gods do to me and more so, or more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow at this time. So the man of God, full of confidence, saw that, arose, ran for his life, (laughs) and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left a servant there. The heck with that, I'm out of town. You think, huh? And everybody's probably just standing there going, huh? Does it, did, did anybody read, remember the chapter 18? Does anybody remember chapter 17? Right? The miracles, the signs, the wonders, everything that happened. Anybody hear me? And all of a sudden, one woman says, I'm going to kill you. And he goes, I'm out of town. I'm out of here. Now, I don't know. All I know is this, okay? It sparked something in this boy that was enough to freak him out, and he books it. Now, you ready to find out why? All right. So it says here in verse 3, and when he saw that, saw what? You think, and when he heard that, but it says he saw that. Everybody say he saw that. The word here in the Hebrew means this, to advise oneself based on one's view or perception, based on the appearance of something, okay? So something happened that all of a sudden sparked this boy that no longer his, his perception now just changed, which means now he, he, come on, leaning now on his own understanding, which one of the definitions of understanding is the word perception. Something happened that changed his perspective that changed his view. We're talking about the man that just got done taken out, did did one of the most phenomenal miracles in the Old Covenant, takes out, eliminates the prophets of Baal, and then one woman says something, you know, right here, now if I don't know if you know, but Jezebel wasn't a really good person. She had a few issues and a few problems. 
And this was the opportunity for the man of God to say, you know what? How dare you say that to me? I'm going to make you like one of your own prophets. Go ahead. Make my day. Right? Right? Am I wrong? But she says, just like that, I'm going to take you out. All of a sudden, his perspective changed. What? Now, I don't know. I don't know what it, no, it doesn't really say. We just know something changed his perspective. I don't know. Maybe, maybe his mom was mean to him. I don't know. Right? Maybe mom had a way to put the boy down. Maybe he used a, or she used a phrase that somebody else did that maybe something didn't quite turn out like he thought. I don't know. All I know is somewhere here he changed from a trust mode to a lean on one's own understanding mode. No longer there's confidence. No, it's gone. It's gone. Gone. Okay? Now, am I, am I, you think I'm feeding into this? What happened? So it says, he, he saw, okay, he saw, so something changes. Then it said he arose, everybody say arose, which literally means to abide or enjoin or confirm. So in other words, okay, he connected with what he saw and he established the fact that's how it is now. Are you getting this? Then it said and ran, okay, for it literally means to carry through. Sometimes it might even say walk, run, but it means literally he got up and he began to follow through with it. Are you with me? Then it says he ran for his life. So why does it all of a sudden now he's concerned about his life? Is anybody getting this? You walk up to the, to the king and say, there'll be no more rain until I say so. He's talking to the man and say, off with his head. Am I right? He goes out, he, he, uh, God leads him over here, ravens are going to come. No problem. Okay, you're going to go over here, a widow woman's going to take care of you. No problem. The, the, the flower, the oil won't run out. No problem. The boy's dead, raise him up. No problem. Face all the prophets of Baal, do them in a challenge, one, uh, one against 450. No problem. Jezebel's going to kill you. Oh, my God, I'm out of here. <laughs> Do you think there's a change of perspective here all of a sudden? Now, we're talking about Jezebel who went on to continue to rain havoc on people's lives. She died a brutal death, okay? But I believe the man of God should have took care, took care of business right there. But he didn't, Okay? So obviously something happened where now he's leaning on his own understanding. Now hang on to this because leaning on your own understanding, doing what seems right will always get you in trouble. Is anybody hearing me? All right. So he ran for his life. Okay, he went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a broom tree. In other words, a juniper. He must have been depressed. 
We'd sit under a juniper. Good night. And he prayed uh, that he might die. Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking, is this the same guy? What happened? What? What? Everybody say perspective. All it was was a, a, a change of view, a change of perspective, and he went from standing in front of whoever, not, not worried about anything, to the next thing now, I just want to die. Well, I think you need to change your perspective, boy. Something's off here. Now, hang on to this. He prayed that he might die, and he said, it, it is enough now, Lord, just take my life, and, for I'm... I'm no better than my father's. I'm just, I don't know if it, did he, did he feel like he, somehow he failed? Was it somehow he saw that Jezebel, you know, wanting to kill him now was somehow a failure? You know, you, you try to put, okay, what was it that caused all this to, to spin off into, you, you just literally went from up here to, I mean, we can't even find you now. I'm just a failure. Now listen, I'm going to tell you, we see this all the time. You got God moving all the way around you, and all you can focus on is the thing that didn't go right. Somebody made a comment. Somebody made some kind of silly statement, and you're, you're done. Life is over with. Now I know it's nobody in here. So all those people didn't come today. Come on. And all of a sudden, it's like you got God moving all the way around. You got signs after signs, wonders after wonders, miracles after miracles. God has shown himself strong. Has not God shown himself strong to you in some way or another? All four of you. Has God not shown himself strong in your life one way or another? So what are you boohooing for? Just because one thing didn't, I mean, granted, you would think Jezebel would have said, you know, she would have been the one to go, uh, I'm out of here. But, you know, them, that devil woman, right? That annoyance ran her mouth again, just seeing if she can get away with it again. And obviously it worked. So he runs. Now he's sitting under a tree. But it says this. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Everybody say a sign. sign. Now he's boo-hooing. God's still trying to say, Hello, son. Hello. Come on. Then he looked. uh, Then he looked and there... By his head was a cake. Oh, somebody, oh, how sweet, precious. Somebody baked it, baked it on the coals. And then there's a jar of water. Oh, oh, hallelujah. And he ate and drank and laid down again. Just kind of blew it off. The angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him and said, arise and eat because the journey is too, too great for you. What journey? What journey? Did God tell him to go on a journey? God didn't tell him to go on a journey. What journey? It's the journey he's already got planned out in his head. 
He's on the run. He's, he's out here. He's going to try to get as far away as he can. So then he ate. He rose and he ate and drank. And he went into the, uh, in the strength of that 40. Look, another sign. Went in the strength of that 40 days and 40 nights. But he went as far as, here we go, Horeb or Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? In other words, I didn't call you here. Why are you here? Why would he run to Horeb? Why would he run to Mount Sinai? Why would he run to the Mount of God? Well, that's where the burning bush, that's where the, the tablets, the lightnings and the thunderings and the workings and all the things that happened when the children of Israel came out of Egypt. We're talking about all the things that happened there at Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai. And I don't know, maybe he's thinking, I'm going there. This was the journey he planned in his head. I'm going to the Mount of God. And somehow or another, I need a word from God. Now, don't tell me this don't happen. It happens all the time. We see it even in the Gospels. Jesus just gets done feeding 4,000, and the Pharisees say, well, that's wonderful and all, but show us a sign from God that you're from God. Fed 4,000 with seven fish and a few loaves, or uh, seven loaves and a few fish, that's what it was, right? And so fed that. They took up fragments. They had seven baskets of fragments. They had seven baskets left over, starting with seven loaves and a few fish. Show us a sign. A few chapters earlier, delivers one that's, that has a demon, okay, that's mute and deaf. Ministers to him. The mute and the deaf, okay, is delivered from that spirit, can now talk and hear. So they had this big discussion that you did that by the spirit of Beelzebub. Now, show us a sign. Now, it happens all the time. We've probably all been guilty of it. God shows himself strong. God does glorious things. Even when he's hanging out under a juniper tree, you couldn't get any lower than that. In my estimation. So anyway, brings... The angel of the Lord wakes him up, feeds him, goes back asleep, wakes him up again, feeds him again. Whole time showing him, I'm with you, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. You're still going to take your trip? Okay, take your trip. Forty days later, he's in Mount Horeb hiding in a cave. God says, why are you here? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord. Notice, here's his excuse or his whine. I have been very zealous for the Lord, for the children of Israel, for they've all forsaken your covenant and they've tore down your altars and, and all them people and, and they kill your prophets with the sword and, and I alone have left and, and now they're trying to kill me. 
First off, God answers later. He says, you're not alone. I got 7,000 other people that have the same. They could be just as, you know, used as you as you are. 7,000. But his perspective put him in that mode. He went into depression. Come on, somebody. Now, I'm not picking on anybody in depression, but I'm just telling you, okay, what happens, it comes from a perspective. A lie from the pit of hell that lies to you that you're all alone, that no one cares, that you're a loser, that everything's against you, nothing's for you, and it's a lie from the pit of hell. But that's your perspective. So then you base your decision. See, doing what seems right puts you on a road of death, it says, of ruin, destruction, Days like hell on earth literally means the place of Hades. So a perspective can put you on that road, and a perspective can take you off that road. We just got to get the right perspective in you. Am I here? Are you hearing me? So he says, you know, I, I, I've been zealous for the Lord. I did all this for you, and all these people still turn. We could stop and say the same thing. Anybody, we could, we could say, you know, I, you know, I've been pastor of this church for 30-some years, and I, people have been preaching to them. I come in here every week, and I preach, and I pray, and put all kinds of stuff, and they do stuff, and they keep requiring me to do more stuff. And I'm all alone. Am I alone? But some days you may feel that way. So what are you going to do? Well, are you going to trust in the Lord or are you going to lean on your own understanding? Because your own understanding is going to put you in a perspective and it's going to change everything, put you on a different road, a road you don't want to be on. Now, you still love your pastor or not? I think a few of you are wondering right now, but hang on, okay? And so what is he, what is he, so then he said, okay, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. This is what God told him. But he didn't do it. When you read this, he didn't do it. He's curled up in a fetal position in the back of a cave. So outside, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind, and after that, after the wind, there was an earthquake, and then the ground began to shake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, okay, a big thing. Now think of what's all going on. He came to Mount Horeb because I want to see us. I need to know. Like, I just need to know I'm not alone. I just need a word from God. I just need something from God. Okay, fine. Wind. Earthquake. Fire. Maybe, maybe he'll talk to me out of a burning bush like he did Moses. But he said God wasn't in any of that. Is anybody hearing me? Because sometimes we get guilty of this. We're looking for that. Give me that sign. Give me that big thing. The whole time God said, I'm standing right here. <laughs> Trying to help you. Trying to lead you. Can't get you to get off your duff and do something. And you want to go, oh, give me something. Go something with the earth to break open or something. God says, I provided for your household this week. I ministered healing to your baby this week. I gave you a word from God, the preacher man, perfect for you today. 
Well, hallelujah. Okay, that one didn't go over good. But, but anyway, God's still moving for you. I mean, praise the Lord for those big signs and wonders and miracles. Show me a sign. Oh, hallelujah for the signs. But he's been getting all kinds of signs. And then the wind and the earthquake and the fire, it still didn't matter. But he was in the small, still voice. So he's back talking to him. Now listen, so it was when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave, which means he was dealing the game. But what he did, he realized what he, he realized his condition, took his mantle and just buried his face in it. He's embarrassed. So he's standing out now outside the altar. Now I'm about done. Hang on. And he said, here we go here. Let's say, uh, stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, be cautious what you're going to answer. Is anybody hearing me? Listen, I'm talking, this is what we can learn from the prophet today. Okay? Are you going to trust God or are you going to lean on your own understanding? Okay, we're going to have to trust God here. Okay? So he's asking, you know, what are you doing here? Well, he goes back into his excuse, back into his whine. I've been zealous for the Lord of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with sword. I alone are left, and they seek to take my life. So what did the Lord do? Then the Lord said to him, another word, Lord, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you have arrived, anoint Hazael as king over Syria, and you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, uh, of Abel, Mahulam, I don't know if I pronounced that totally right, and, and you, shall anoint, uh, he, you shall anoint him as prophet in your place. Right there, he lost his, right there he lost his place. Now everybody say, praise God for mercy. Look at your neighbor and say, praise God for mercy. But I'm just saying, there's no, there's no reason to, to buy into that you know, whatever the enemy's trying to mess with your head about or whatever he's doing with you, okay? God's still moving. God's working, praise God. And the last thing you need to do is fall under some kind of doubt and unbelief. Amen. And if you've been doing this, you need to stop and repent and make it right. All repent means is stop, change your perspective, go the other direction. That's all repent means. And so I'm asking today, trust in the Lord. Stop leaning on your own understanding. We understand that sometimes things don't look good. We understand sometimes that things didn't necessarily sound so good. We understand sometimes that maybe somebody, uh, you know, has done something or, uh, you know, did something they should have never done, but they did it. And we understand that not everybody's always standing with you and always backing you up. But you've got a God who's always on your side, who will never leave you nor forsake you. And you have no business yielding to a lie from the pit of hell. It's time to be done with that. It's time to trust in the Lord and not lean on our own understanding. Did you get something today? Give God praise, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord.
Elijah is the man that gets anointed after that. Elisha, I meant, and uh, takes Elijah's place. And, and uh, you know, it's a few years in, in there, too, you know, walking with him, training him, that kind of stuff. But, I mean, Elijah was a good man, a wonderful man, a man of God. But he does least exemplify to us what it means uh, to walk in trust and what it means not to. Are you still with me? So look at your neighbor and say, there's still hope for you. There's still hope for us. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And my heart today is not to condemn any person, all right? But I think at times we need to address some of these things, look at them, and deal with them. Are you with me? All right, so why don't you all stand up and let me pray over you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.